0: Welcome to the Valentine's Day edition of the WhoCast, the podcast service of Who's Place. We're in our third season. This is episode 18. Today that we're recording this, it is Valentine's Day, and I am your host, Valentine Prohaska. I'm joined, as always, by Who's Place founder and the producer of this show, Seattle Who. Welcome, Seattle.
1: Hello, Valentine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope you're enjoying your day.
0: No, I mean I I love Valentine's Day now. I mean, had, being named Valentine when you were in elementary school talk. Right. Being right. named Valentine at UVA that was pretty darn cool. Okay, that's a that's a chick magnet thing. Okay, but, um, it d- didn't work so well when I was uh, when I was eight.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, we are uh, here to talk about uh, well, just a routine, ho hum win, right against uh, North Carolina. Seventh in a row, fourth time that they've come to a, the JPJ, and we've held them under fifty. This is
1: commonplace,
0: you know, these days in the peak Bennett era. Which obviously it wasn't when you and I were strolling around. Uh,
1: strolling no, grounds. no, not at all. You know, yeah, even just you know eight years ago, that was rare to beat them. And it's only been the last four or five years that we've been dominating them, and they've gotten. And, uh, you know, they're not the team that they were. And, you know, it's funny. I, I just saw today as I was preparing for this, I went on to Synergy, and I I was kind of sh- shocked to see how inefficient their offense is. I would have mentioned this in our um, Wahoo Wake Up preview if I had seen it before. You know, they, they are ranked 13% in transition offense and 25% in half-court offense. That means they're in the bottom Thirteen percent of all Division One teams in the points per possession and transition, and the bottom twenty-five percent in half court. So their half court offense is actually better than their transition offense. So they're just not a good offensive team this year. And you know, I, I, we did bring that up in the Wahoo Wake Up because you can see in the ACC they're ranked they're number six in the conference in defense and number eight in offense um, in in terms of conference only efficiency statistics on on Ken Palm but you know their defense is in the 57 percentile in half court D so and you could see that kind of played out in our game where as you said as you brought up they only scored 48 points and you know they held us to 60 and we didn't have an efficient offensive performance we had a it was a very up and down offensive performance and there were long stretches of that game that I thought they played really good defense well, they did. I mean, it's, it's,
0: they had energy and, you know, they've got big bodies mm-hmm. and we talked about it earlier, but, you know, Baycott's developing nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooks is just really smooth. Um, Walker Kessler maybe had his best game as uh Oh, as absolutely. had his
1: best game. He was the only one of their bigs who really had a good game. You know, um,
0: you can see what, you can see talent in day Sharp. sharps. I mean there is a ton of talent I mean there's talent on that team if but if you tell me that you know they are that bad a half court offense considering that that's what they've been geared to is to have the bigs and to get them you know get the ball in it it just shows again just how important guard you know guard play is mm-hmm. and you know they've got three young rather erratic guards. And, you know, our guys owned them. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kihei completely owned Caleb Love, who was coming off a 25-point perform- performance against Duke. But the Duke doesn't have anybody like Kihei. And Beekman was just all over Kerwin Walton and R.J. Harris. I mean, it, was, it didn't matter who they tried to, you know, put him on. Both of those guys did just, they just beat him. You know, our our guards were better. And then it was the same sort of thing that we were talking about, struggling against Virginia Tech, getting good entry passes. Mm-hmm. I could count two or three good entry passes in, and you know Kessler was active. Garrison Brooks knows how to shield the, you know shield the the player, and you he know he's got the footwork, and they just missed him all freaking game long.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. You know, I, I, it comes down to guards, and it's exactly what we said at the beginning of the season. Yeah, if they
1: stick around, they'll be good in a couple of years. That, like Caleb Love sure. and, and R.J. Davis and Kerwin Walton, those three guys. It, if they're if they're still there as juniors, they're going to be really really good. But this year they're freshmen, and so you know they have those issues that freshmen have. Um, and uh, yesterday, they're. Yeah. They shot very poorly and they, they did okay on the offensive boards. Like they got, they rebounded 30% of their misses and their season average for offensive rebounds is 39%. So, you know, they were really close to their season average, but they actually did better in second chance points than they do on a season. Like their season average second chance points make up 19% of their total points per game. And, uh, yesterday their second chance points are 27 percent of their total scoring so they did you know a good job at what they like to do there in a half court with the offensive rebounds but their poor shooting outweighed the offensive rebounds like even with their extra second chance points they had an offensive efficiency of 81.4 which is really bad you know anything under 100 um in that stat's is pretty bad so you know even with their second chance points, they were inefficient. They were 10 of 25 on layups and two for 16 from three. So it, I mean, it,
0: it, it really looked like they were, you know, channeling the worst of Braxton key, you know, <laughs> yeah. around the bucket. It was like, wow, you know, this is an entire team shooting like that.
1: Yeah. Some know? of them, I was surprised that they missed like some of the ones that they on sharp missed, especially, um, now conversely from the three you know remember I said like in the Georgia Tech game there were a lot where when it left the guy's hand I said wow that's going in that's three points and it wound up clanking mm-hmm. and I was surprised that those were they, they had a bunch of good shots there was like maybe one of those like Carolina. there was one shot I think that Carl Walton got yeah they were not like they, so that I, was no, yeah yeah their their poor shooting was a function of of not getting good shots. It wasn't just, you know, they just had a bad day. No, they didn't get good shots. Uh, I We played, I thought we played good defense. And, um, you know, so we're definitely getting better. And, you know, I, they're just not a very good offensive team. They can have good stretches because, like we've said, they have good players. And they're just, um, they have a lot to learn. And... You know, we starved them for fast break points. We, they only had really six good. fast break points. We only had six turnovers. And they were really bad in transition compared to what they usually are. So our transition defense, which isn't good on the season, was good in this one. We held them to 50% at the rim. They were only 5 for 10 at the rim in transition. And they were o for four from three, so they didn't get anything. Even the opportunities that we gave them, they just really got nothing out of. Yeah,
0: I think I think North Carolina is for the second year in a row. You know, the the whole is just less than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's just this. The team has not been built um, because i mean i loved garrison brooks last year and i voted for him to be acc player of the year this year and we talked about baycott making the you know he's making the growth he's making the strides um you know love and walton are going to be really great you know like we said if if they stick around for three years but Mm -hmm. this team was in reality not a threat at all i mean we we both both teams started cold. I mean, I think mm-hmm. at the five minute mark, you know, both the two teams had combined to go two for thirteen, and you know, then UVA went on a run, you know, to take a twenty-one to four lead, and they're not they weren't nearly good enough to come back. I mean, they spent all their energy to get it back to single digits, mm-hmm. and then it was just you know they'd get it under single digits, and Huff hit a three, Hauser hit a three. Yeah, the closest <laughs> they I ever they got was,
1: was seven. Late in the first it wasn't half. wasn't long. It's and then Hauser, yeah, yeah, Hauser right away hit a couple of shots and pushed it back to 14, and that was all she wrote. And they got it down to yeah. nine once or twice in the second half. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it, again, it's it's we are deadly from three. And, you know, the thing that I, I I was looking at stat-wise, you know, Hauser's last eight games since he went three for 12 versus BC and Wake. He's gone twenty six for forty seven in the last eight games. He is wow. shooting fifty five percent from three. Wow! I mean, so when we were when you know when we were talking about what nickname to call him, you know, and you know, deciding whether we we were going to allow him to be called the Big Smooth, and I you know, <laughs> wanted to call him the Howitzer. Mm-hmm. You know, it it took a while for him to to get there. I mean, it, it was slow, and we're just seeing a guy who's just ruthlessly efficient. Um. And is just capable of of draining a shot at any time. I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen a player, you know, shoot fifty five percent from three over that length. I mean, right. Eight games. It's just, it's just incredibly consistent. And he's very, he's very easy. He puts up four out of six. He's made four the exact numbers. Four out of six. Four times this season. Hmm. I mean, that's just that's insane, <laughs> you know. So I mean, he is you know and Trey Murphy he can man break a stretch it.
1: I decided during that game I'm going to start calling him the hit man because he's just so cold. He just he doesn't miss. <laughs> man, he get you give him one of those open shots off a driving kick. He just doesn't miss. Yeah, and. He's gotten really good at the cuts. He's good for a dunk or two. It was a shame yesterday that there were no fans because he had that one dunk that would have raised the roof if there was right. full house. But it just kind of it, it the the lack of crowds. It's it's just taking the dunk out of the you know out of the excitement. And he he had a classic one. He did. Without that reaction, yeah, but that
0: and that's what everybody was saying, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what we talked about, you know, coming out of, out of preseason, you know, and on that virtual media day. Yeah.
1: Who's the best dunker?
0: Who's the best dunk? You know, and everybody's saying, "Oh, it's Trey." Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's Trey. <laughs> yeah, he really is spectacular.
0: Um, yeah, yeah you know. and uh, he doesn't need a lot of lead up. I mean, it's one step, and yeah. he can, and he's he's got that fast dunk in traffic.
1: Yeah, well, he's you know, so long. His arms are so long. He's six nine and has those long arms, and he's <laughs> he's bouncy. You know, he gets off the floor pretty quick. So it's he he's got that ability that is very rare at UVA of the guy mm-hmm. who, when he's around a basket, can just rise up and dunk it. And you know, right. there's no no discussion, no argument, no confusion that's going through the through the rim. But. Sure.
0: And, but then, the, but then the, the, the real thing and the real key that's, that's, that's feeding this is that both Hauser and Murphy are, are getting more comfortable playing defense. Mm-hmm. And the loss of, of players, you know, the, the miscommunication. I mean, these are smart guys. They're experienced. You know, I mean, Hauser's now a 50-year senior. Mm-hmm. Murphy's in his junior year. You know, these guys have played a lot of collegiate basketball and they've learned to communicate and we're not losing players anymore. So, I mean, just the entire perimeter defense is, is better, which means that, you know, then Huff is able to play the guy who, if you happen to get by him, you know, he's, he's a shot blocker. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's, he's a rim protector. I mean, seven foot one, (laughs) you know, with, with good timing.
1: Yeah. He's long too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but the, um, but the defense has just tightened up, you know, all, all throughout the perimeter. So, you know, maybe that's maybe the most important element of Hauser and Murphy's game over the last, you know, eight months or over the, over the last eight games. Uh, they're just they're just playing better defense. And I mm-hmm. think that's, you know, we, we we've talked about the difference between, you know, do you have an offense that can win games? Do you have a defense that can win games? Well, we have a defense that can now. Maybe, maybe it's true that you need offense to win games, but we have a defense that can can allow us to win a game again when we can. We only score sixty points.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because we've done we it a few great times. Offensively. Yeah, and and you know, as somebody who loves the pack line and loves the fact that we've been, you know, the best defense, you know, over the last six seven years and probably likes that more than our ability to score, you know, I'm happy to see it come back. And and I'm happy to see that because it means we can shoot off. You know, we, we shot crap from the field. I mean, I think we're at 35% from, from two point range. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a miserable night at the line. You know, we actually went to the line, you know, far more than, than, than uh, North Carolina. We went like 19 times. We shot sixty three percent everybody was missing the, the the front half of their of their two points I mean um Beekman missed it and Kafaro missed it and Huff missed it and you know with the exception of
1: oh uh, no, Murphy went Murphy, two for two was, yes yeah and, uh, but was else, three for four, so that's you know
0: yeah, so he had one of them that he missed but yeah. it 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 wasn't it wasn't the sort of shooting that Wasn't the performance from the free throw line that was warming the cockles of my heart when you know I'm thinking you know what are the things we can rely on? Mm -hmm. And and we did it because because the defense. Nobody lost anybody. When Marcel came in, he didn't lose his man. Um, Walter Tensai is is running harder. He's playing harder. The last three games. Even though the last two games he hasn't scored much. You know, I didn't didn't have a four for six burst like he like he did. Earlier. I could not
1: believe the one play in the second half where he passed up the shot. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about. We were, I think we were running size, no. and he flashes out to the art, and the ball gets passed to him from the wing. And there was nobody near him. He caught it, and he passed it over to Keyhead, and Kihei wound up missing a three. I was I couldn't I was like, dude, that is your job. Your job yeah. is to catch the ball at the arc and shoot it. I've noticed the last couple games, he's not ready to shoot when he catches the ball. And, you know, he was one for four yesterday and he, you know he he's passing up shots. I was like, man, that's you're there to shoot the ball. Don't be passing those up. Cause...
0: Well, I mean, he maybe maybe he's thinking about it a little bit because I know he's running harder. Um, each of the last, you know, this game Georgia Tech, he is, you know, his men are having to really chase him, and and that to me was the prerequisite for him being mm-hmm. able to shoot. I guess I missed that. I didn't. There was there. There hasn't been a time where I thought you know yelled at him like shoot the damn ball. <laughs> um, maybe the ball just wasn't setting in his hand right, or he or, or something. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, there I, I, were, there know. were three times yesterday that. where he caught the ball and it and it should have gone it should have gone flying at the rim and it didn't. And a couple times at the Georgia Tech game, he's just not he's not ready to shoot when he catches it. I guess the rhythm's off a little bit, but you know, Jay Huff again was sensational. Double-double, uh, 12 rebounds, uh, 3 for 5 from 3, four block shots. His numbers are crazy. Uh, he's His block percentage is 11.6, which is number 17 in the nation. His shooting right. percentages, his true shooting percentage is 72%. Effective field goal percentage, 71%. Those are top 10 in the nation. His offensive rating, efficiency rating of 129 is number 26 in the nation. His defensive rebounding percentage is up. To twenty six point one percent, which might be the highest ever recorded um, since Ken Palm s- started uh, recording that statistic. You know, for UVA, I mean twenty six point one. Maybe, and, and,
0: and it's clear he it's clear he worked on that. I mean, yeah, maybe I Travis was Watson. Really impressed, but yeah, I mean, I, I was impressed with the collective effort on the on the defensive boards. I mean, you know, the North Carolina's got twelve offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. and they're good you know i mean these guys are really really good at that and it was it was a battle
1: but yeah but they're, they're I, I best in a nation you them. know we held them to nine percent below their season average so yeah yeah you know they're we... good
0: i mean but it was it was always a battle and huff was constantly fighting you know for the ball
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you know murphy was active and you know i, I think it's important that we acknowledge that you know Beekman had eight, boards, eight
1: rebounds. Yeah, I know.
0: Which is just insane. And there were at least two other times that I counted that he had a hand on the ball that, you know, as he basically kept it alive. And I know that Huff, Huff crawled at it once as did mm-hmm. um, as did Clark, you know. So let's give him credit for, you know, ten rebounds. I mean it was just it was a it was a it was a team effort. And obviously we knew that that was something that we had to focus on against these guys. And I I think it was our best rebounding performance that I've seen in a long time. Um, I was really, really impressed. Um, So... uh,
1: Yeah, it was the first time this season that we have held a top offensive rebounding team below their season average. Yeah. Because each one of the previous, like, we've top seven... You know teams that we've played, they've outperformed their season average, and that's you know that's going to be important. You know a- another point that I wanted to bring up is, is something that I've noticed all year, and I went and I got the statistics to to corroborate my impressions that we are, we have got to tighten up our after our after a timeout out of bounds defense. We are. We've given up way too many easy baskets. We gave up a dunk to Carolina on an inbounds play after a timeout. And and sure enough, we are we're in the bottom six percent of Division One on plays out of balance plays after a timeout. We're giving up .961 points per possession on two hundred four possessions this year, and that is the bottom six percent of division one. We're giving up easy jumpers. Easy threes, dunks, layups, and it's gonna be a big factor um Monday night or tonight for listeners. I'm gonna get this posted Monday morning because Florida State is a very good team um after timeouts. They're they're in the top like fifteen percent of division one. And that you know that there's gonna be Three or four or maybe five opportunities that they're going to get during the course of that game, and you know that's a, that's a special situation that's magnified late in big games because you know you get a lot of timeouts and someone to draw up a play, and if we're going to be giving up baskets in those situations, you know that's that that's something that's going to be that's going really going to come back and bite us. So,
0: well, that's a uh, a good transition to uh, Florida State. Um, we play Monday nights so at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, interesting thing about Florida State, it sort of jumped out at me, they this will be their 15th game, and this will be their 12th game at home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, all their pauses have been away games.
1: Very interesting uh, how that's worked out. Yeah. So...
0: I didn't go back to look and and see you know try to figure out you know whether they were you know playing with travel or something like that, oh, yeah. but um did they, you watch they've had eleven home games already
1: wow, did you watch the their weight game?
0: Well, I just saw that 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 defense of the last five seconds in over in regular season at regular time had to be the worst thing I've ever seen
2: mm-hmm. so
0: Holmes goes to the line right they're they're up by two. They've not shot well at the rim. There's five seconds left. He missed both free throws, and somehow Wake decided not to put anybody's challenge for the, for the, the, the free throw. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Scotty Barnes got the rebound, had basically a free run to uh, build to the up rim. speed, and, yeah, he went right to the rim. It was like Danny Ainge all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I would think that the very least you would want somebody crashing the boards, making them spend time fighting for the ball, and and you you need to lay it a second. Mm-hmm. And they just went into uber prefent defense, and and Barnes just raced right by his guy, and there were four other Wake defenders who were just standing.
1: Yeah, he did what one and duns do. You know? Yeah, yeah, because that's really where the one and duns excel. It's in that kind of transition. Setting where it's all about athleticism and talent, and you let them get up ahead of steam, sure. like Jalen Johnson for Duke's another one. If you let him go coast to coast, forget it, man, it's over. And they just, yeah, like I you mean, said, they just let him do that. Athleticism,
0: I mean. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about you know some of you know Murphy's you know hops and athleticism and length, and Barnes is just Murphy on steroids. I mean, in terms of in terms of athleticism and, and physicality. Yeah, just,
1: he's got, you, you know, say,
0: well, this is why Wake sucks, you know, I mean, it was just, what were those guys thinking? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So that was about all I saw. Now, you know, Wake had been up huge, but, you know, Florida State was coming off a, I mean, for what, first game in three weeks or something like that? Since January 30th. February? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it does. You have to play these games, and every team that's getting paused for a week or two is is rusty. You, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't practice, and yeah, you can run wind sprints as a team separated, but that that might work at high school or JUCO or something like that.
1: But you're playing the ACC. They were also missing Balsokopravisha in that game. Is their seven-one center? Uh, he he twisted his ankle in pregame warmups and didn't play. I expect he'll play against us, but you know, there is some question as whether or not he's gonna be able to. And if he does play enough, you know, he's gonna be limited by the ankle. But so, you know, they were missing him, and he's he's a huge part of their defense. And also part of their offense. They you know, everybody always talks about Florida State's depth and how many players they play, and they do have the depth this year. Uh, nobody on that team is playing more than 75 percent of their minutes which is low uh, you know for example we have one two we have two guys that are up at 83 85 percent of team minutes and then they have seven players that play over forty percent of the minutes so they're spreading the minutes around um, they don't they really just play eight they've got two other guys that play a few minutes a game but they're they're really just playing eight but they're they all eight are playmakers. So, you know, they have, they kind of spread the productivity around between those eight and it, it does make their depth, um, an advantage for them. Um, and in fact, they may even get more cohesiveness by not having as many players. Cause you know, like last year, I think they played 12 or 13 and this year, you know, that's a little bit more cohesive than that. Um, their system, they're aggressive on defense. They overplay the passing lanes. They pressure the perimeter. They're gonna make you make plays on the dribble, off the dribble, but then they're gonna meet you at the rim and they're gonna challenge you. They're number two in the ACC at block percentage. They lead the ACC in two-point field goal percentage. So they're very tough to score against in the paint. But they do foul a lot. That's the downside. You know that that they'll put you on the line, but you're not gonna. You know, they're they're not going to just let you run your stuff and, and get a lot of three-point shots and and um, catch and shoot coming off screens. And, you know, we've had some issues with them in past seasons. I remember there was one, I think it was 2017-18, where we went down there and the first half the we were – Huh? Is that the
0: bacon game?
1: No, 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 no. I'm talking about the one down bacon. there. No, the Bacon game was 16-17 at JPJ. This was the following year. This was, I think, like, maybe it was the game after the Virginia Tech one that we lost. And we went down there in the first half, and they were really hot from three. And we were struggling because they were just gumming up all of our, our actions. And then at halftime, Bennett made the adjustment to spread the floor and then attack with the dribble and tie Jerome... Primarily Ty Jerome and I think Devin Hall attacking off the dribble drive and we were able to score enough points off the drive. We unlocked their defense and you know we came back and we won that game and so we were able to preserve the number one ranking. And then the following year we had to do the same thing. You have to, um, you know, of course they beat us. It was one of the first times you really saw the problem that Kihei had with his height. Because um, they kind of swallowed them up, and um, right. they beat us that time. They were, I think, they and Duke were the two teams to beat us that year, the championship year. Um, so that's you know that's their system and their offense. You know they have the number one offense in the ACC by a full four percent over UVA. That's a pretty big gap between number one and number two. So they are clearly the best offense in the conference. They're 1st in 3-point field goal percentage by a tenth of a percentage over UVA. They're 2nd in the ACC in 2-point field goal percentage. They're 3rd in the ACC at free throw percentage. And they're 5th at free throw rate, which, which is your, you know, how often you get to the free throw line. Right. So they get there a lot, and they make them when they get there. And then when they do miss shots... They're second in the conference in offensive rebounding percentage behind North Carolina. So they are uber efficient on offense. They do have an Achilles heel on offense, which is that they turn the ball over a lot. Their turnover percentage is 20%, which means one out of every 5 possessions they're coughing up the ball. And that's been it's been a big factor in the games that they've lost. And it was a big factor in the game against Wake, being as close as it was. Um, right. So that's kind of a rundown on, on what Florida State's going to look like. Um,
0: you know, it, it. You know, Hamilton teams are interesting. I mean, he's typically not played with a with a uh, with a point guard. But the other thing is, is that he also develops his players. He really does um, over over time. So. You know the the player that I am just to me is a revelation this year is Raekwon Gray, you know who's who's yeah. in his third year and he played a lot last year, but you know that team had you know Forrest and Vassell and I mean it's just it's a loaded team, and so he was just kind of there and watching him this year, I mean he plays kind of as a six eight very heavy set point forward. <laughs> at times. I mean, he's very comfortable bringing the ball up. He's a he's um, a
1: poor man's LeBron James. He really is. He's is a guy who like James, he's a guy who who makes you say, "No no man, that big should be able to move and handle the ball that well." He is a big yeah. big ass man.
0: He's it, just a big. I mean, he's Zion Williams size almost, you know. Yeah. He's just he's just big and heavy, and yet he's he's quick. Um, I mean, I'm gonna hate watching him. On, I'm gonna hate watching him. You know, tonight. But yeah, I'm scared as hell. Other he's, than that, he's the one player I'm enjoying him. I mean, he's just yeah. a lot of fun to watch. He's a, he's a player. And, I don't know that we have just, an answer for him. I don't think so either. But um, you know, he does turn the ball over, and you know, he's not a great three point shooter. Yeah, he's not. A th- and I have seen him, and the thing is, is I must have seen every one of his boneheaded three point shots because you know i was looking up the stats same as you and it's like he's only taken 25 threes all season Mm -hmm. and i I must have seen every bad one that he's done (laughs) Uh, because based on what i've seen it it seemed like he was taking more Mm -hmm. and you know he can kill a rally too you know it's just he's he's almost like charles barkley you know who just took way too many threes for who he was right and that's the interesting thing one but you know
1: About Florida State, is you know, two of their biggest two of their big three players, their three best players, um, Gray and Scotty Barnes, are not good three point shooters. And this is on a team, you know, that as a team hits over 40%. So the other guys, you know, MJ Walker is their third, you know, mainstay. He's a 44% three point shooter. And he's a guy. Uh, he's the he's their third main player. He he's the one who plays the most minutes. Um, he and he, he's the one who really drives their free throw rate. He's either attacking the rim or he's shooting threes, and that's his game. Yeah. Um, he's got a negative assist to turnover ratio. He's got a high turnover rate, but he will get to the rim. He will get to the free throw line, and he's going to hit eighty six percent. His free throw rate is insane. It's forty four point eight. I don't I don't yeah. think we've ever had a perimeter player get to the line yeah. at that rate. And I, you know, Malcolm Brogdon at his best was at like thirty percent. Wow. So this guy, Walker, and I'm not it's like, I'm not scared of him. I think we do have an answer for him. But Barnes and Gray are the two guys and just, I just don't know. I, I think I think we have a better chance of handling Barnes, but I just don't know how the hell we're going to handle Raekwon Gray because he's exactly the kind of player that that we have the most trouble with. Um, and then Balsa Kop- Kopravisha, these are seven ones. He's a sophomore center. Uh, he's a very good rim protector like Jay. Uh, his, his block rate is top 100 in the NCAA. Um, he shoots 59% from the floor. He does not shoot threes. He hasn't shot a three all year, but he does get to the free-throw line, and he's a 71% free-throw shooter, and he's also a very good rebounder on both ends. Um, he's really and he's,
0: coming on. Um, and, and he is a really great – I mean, he runs hard in transition. Mm-hmm. So if he's not getting it, you know, he's going to – you have a chance that he's the one who's going to the, yeah. the finish the fast break. He's I pretty mean, high he's, energy um,
1: for a seven-footer
0: really, really high energy. I mm-hmm. mean, he's like, you know, um, Dolajai on, on steroids. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Kovarvitsa is going to be a load as long as he's left in the ACC.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, just another guy that, you know, is is making the leap from first to second year, where he's making it second to third year. Um, you know, and MJ Walker is is coming into his own. I, I read an article that that referenced him he is one of only five five stars left um in ncaa ball who were five stars in the in the 2017
2: class Mm
0: -hmm. and so But he really hasn't throughout
1: his career performed up to that level so there's a reason he's he's still in school
0: sure 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 but you know it's
1: it's it's his time now Mm -hmm. i mean
0: so you know to be honest i was completely unimpressed with him last year Mm -hmm. and i remember you know, but now but that team had lots of other players. He didn't have to be the man. Well, they Yeah, you know, you talked about the player and development. And Ray
1: are... You talked about Hamilton's player mm-hmm. development, and you mentioned Vassell. Uh, it, interesting enough, Raekwon Gray is the third guy in a row who was kind of a nothing recruit who's going to wind up being a, a, an NBA number one draft pick. You had uh, Cabangeli, M. Fiandu, I think was his first name. Kevin Galley, yeah. who became super good. Devin Fassell, who came out of nowhere to be... He was sensational last year, and now Raquan yeah. Gray. Um, and it's interesting, you know, Hamilton had a couple years there where he had a team loaded with five stars. He had a bunch of one-and-dones, and, and I thought he was mailing it in. Like, he had gotten tired as a coach, and because exactly, they weren't playing the exactly defense, the you know, and and now he he really doesn't have the five stars, and he is back to coaching. It's like he got a second, uh in his case, it might second be a third or fourth He's like 70 plus,
0: something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> so, um, and, and he doesn't look like, of course, he doesn't look like he's 70. He looks like he's younger than me, and I'm 57.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he looks like he could be, you know, class of 86. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um He he looks fabulous, you know, and you're right, you know, I mean, I I think he got away from the the Bacons and the, the, the RXMs, you know, and he's, he's, he's back to fitting his type, which is very long, very powerful, rangy players who are aggressive, coachable, and they're smart. Mm -hmm. So while these guys may turn the ball over a lot, you don't get the feeling that any of these guys are stupid.
1: No. Um, no, they get a lot of control, and you know they'll they will definitely cough it up a lot. And that that the the problem that I have with my prognosis for us is that the thing their weaknesses are things that we don't do. Mm-hmm. You know uh, their defense, they'll put you on a foul line. Well, we don't get to the foul line. We're lo- we're last in the league at going to the free throw line. It we're back to being you know for some reason. We know it's like UVA does not get to go to the free throw line. But, you know, we don't really attack the rim. We don't, you know, and that's the problem. They force you to make plays with the dribble drive, and that's the weakest part part of our offense. We don't have nobody. Like, Keehey's really our only player who can consistently make plays off the dribble, but he has problems against teams like Florida State because, like, Driving into the lane against those guys, it, you know, it's it's like going into the old forest. It's all just limbs and trunks, and and they yeah. swallow it, him it, up. It, there's
0: there's too much length. You know, yeah. it's one thing for him to keep one guy on his shoulder. Um, you know, like the time he you know <laughs> against North Carolina that he got the layup against Kessler. Mm-hmm. But the, there's there's three other guys who are going to be that long and that big. Yeah, you know, and
1: and yeah, so it, it concerns me and. You know the weakness of their offense is turning the ball over, and we're number four our defense is number fourteen in the a c c at forcing turnovers. We don't force turnovers; it's the one thing our defense doesn't do, so it's like the thing the areas that you can attack on them are just not areas where we're strong, and so it's gonna be strength against strength. can we you know, can we do what they don't let teams do? And can we keep them from doing things that they're able to do against everybody? And that, you know, I just don't know. They've won 22 straight home games. Uh, we have traditionally not done well down there in the whole state of Florida. You know, it's the Virginia basketball has done well, even under Bennett. We've got a couple wins, but.
0: Yeah, um, that'll you know. But this is the game we've been waiting for, you know. Um, you know, NC State. You know, UNC's down. We own them now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't say that I really got up for. Uh, I mean, Georgia Tech's a fine team, but you know, and
1: and I they're not I top twenty.
0: Virginia Tech. No, they're not. But yeah, we've you know, we've played so this two.
1: Yeah, we've played two legitimate top-20 teams so far this year, and they both smoked us. And now we're getting ready to go down to Leon County Civic Center and play another top-20 team, legitimate top-20 team. And it's like this is our last chance this year to show in the regular season that we can hang with a really good team. And, I, you know, I don't know – we're gonna see if the weaknesses that we've seen um, are things that can be overcome. We're gonna to need to get some offense out of Reese Beekman. We're gonna to need to get some offense out of that second guard spot, um, you know. And maybe maybe Marcel can get to the rim. You know, Wilt Tensai is not a driver. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't really foresee him getting a lot of opportunities because they're not gonna. You know, they're gonna stay on him. They're that, that's what they do. So, mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, if Kopra doesn't play, who's Jay Huff going to guard other than him? They're all yeah. smaller and mobile, and I might even think of putting him on Gray since Gray's not a guy who's going to shoot threes on you. Just hang off of him and meet him when he comes into the lane. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see.
0: This is the challenge. This is what makes it fun. You know, we've we've got a team that, you know, can play really, really well. And, and Florida State can look really good. But um, I'm I'm excited for this one. So, I mean, more so than I was, you know, for UNC or Georgia Tech. And, mm-hmm. you know, those were both meaningful games. You know, they're, they're ACC. You know, we were going back to Georgia Tech, going back to their place. We knew it was going to be a dogfight. You know, UNC's big. And we handled both of those. So now it's time to go go up against the big boy.
1: Yep, you know, and the then
0: other, the, the other team
1: in the ACC. And we'll have another chance to meet and talk before the Duke game, but you know, we, we have them coming up on Saturday, and that's a team, you know, they're not a good team this year, but damn it, you always have to pay them a lot of respect because their roster is just littered with five stars. They're all four stars and five stars. And you know teams like that, they you know they always have the ability to put it together for one particular game, and if they put it together against you, you know you're going to have to be on top of your game, or you're going to have big trouble. So, you know that's Jalen Johnson is a a, you know truly talented player. Uh, You know they've got some other really talented players. You know Matthew hurts playing well. He's he's kind of a jay huff type of player on offense and um you know he's a sophomore who's coming into his own so they're you know they're pretty dangerous and it's going to be down there at you know even though there's no crazies breathing on your face you know it's still you're having to go down and, and play in their gym so well, travel
0: travel is hard this year mm-hmm. i mean we, we you mentioned it last week you know i mean Home teams are winning what seventy seven percent
1: seventy percent yeah, and the nice thing is you know at least we have Monday to Saturday, so we do have a couple extra days in there.
0: That's between, right. This is the fast turnaround. Yeah, like you know, I mean, we, statement. We, we, we played, tough. and I guess we pretty much immediately travel down
1: there. You know, mm-hmm. No, they got so, so they uh, you know they got to be back to back at home. Yeah. So it's really you know. You know, definitely stacking their advantages, Tom.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is, I mean, they've done studies for years that you know it's not the fans in the stadium that provide home field advantage. It's the travel. It's the fact that you know we had to we played and then we had to travel and they're staying at home for both games. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is where home field advantage comes. You know, those those guys at Georgia Tech and I wrote about it in my, my that and there morning.
1: is a little bit of refereeing advantage. There's studies that show. Well, oh,
0: sure. Well, okay. But, I've, I've never looked at those studies, but, but the yeah. thing is, is you know, the, it's about was, a two 12, to
1: three, 000. two or three percent measurable yeah. advantage for home teams. The two that they've been it able be, to, it may
0: be bats fans, it may be bats fans, but you know, the the fans at, um, you know, down at down in Georgia Tech. I mean, there were of doubles right. allowed into the game, and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew they knew that they'd been given a gift. <laughs> They're watching a live ACC game, and none of us else are. And they were loud. They were rocking. I mean, I was really impressed. That was as loud, I think, as I've ever heard. Twelve hundred mm-hmm. people. But if you remember, Kihei hit that. Had that air ball. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. After Devoe bricked his, and then they were. It was air ball. Air I ball. I hate that chant, loud. man. It just. And Kihei ate that up. Yeah. You know, that's an example, I think, where, you know, the home field that we think all the fans riding him, it didn't matter. He ate that up. Yeah. So our guys it, like that. I, actually, I they, Our guys really, really like
1: playing in front of a home crowd, a visiting crowd, The you know, the other team's crowd. Yeah. We, sure. We've been like that for the last three or four years.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm not really sure that, you know, whether or not there's Cameron Crazies or not is the issue. It's the fact that we're traveling you know, and Duke's not, Mm -hmm. you know, they get to be home. They get to sleep in their own beds. That's what matters and and travels hard. And it's harder now, you know, in the, you know, in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, this will be our test, but you know, we handled Georgia tech, you know, they had everything on the line. They were playing at home. They had fans, you know, we played UNC. They're a matchup challenge, you know, now yeah, really I think if if we get past, past Florida talent. State
1: tonight, man, I really think, um, I I really think we're gonna go through with a one loss conference season this year.
0: Well, I wasn't gonna say that, you know. I mean, that sounds like jinxable material. But, <laughs> well, <you know. laughs>
1: I don't believe in jinxes. No, I don't either. I don't until, believe in superstitions. So, um, <laughs> you know, weird things do happen, but I just don't. I just don't think that – I just don't believe in junks. Right. I used to, but I don't That's right. anymore. Well, what we're saying
0: here tonight does not affect what's happening on the court. Right. <clears throat> but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your prognosis for the game?
1: You know, I my prognosis the last few times that you and I have talked – have not been. I haven't felt really good. Like I didn't feel really good about the Georgia Tech game, and I was really nervous about the pit game. It's not like I would. I didn't feel good. I was nervous. I knew there were going to be battles. I knew that you know, like the line on the pit game was way too high. I was like, "There's no way that's an eleven point game." We're forget that. And and that you know we we handle both of those well, but I I don't. I just think that they have some players we don't have an answer for. And our weaknesses line up with their strengths really well for them, and their weaknesses don't line up with with our strengths well for us. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I think we're going to probably wind up coming out of there with a loss. I I do think Florida State's probably going to have the better game. But the nice thing, the great thing about – Bennett team and this is a classic Bennett team is you know they're going to put in the prep time you know they're going to have a plan and you know you know that they're just going to keep coming they're going to keep grinding as they like to say they love to refer to grinding and so they'll give themselves a chance so I you know I don't as a prognosticator I would I would put my money on Florida State to win I would I would have them as a favorite um, let's see. What's Ken Palm? See, now Ken Palm, he ha- he actually has Virginia winning that game 67-66. to 66. So... Um, okay, so that's a pickem, but, you know... <laughs> it is a pick em, but, you know, hey, even that is, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it, so... Well, I think? think
0: it's going to come down to free throws. I mean... We've had some games where we've gotten better. You know, we had a lot of free throws against Pitt. We had a lot of free throws against Georgia, and then then a lot of free throws against, um, you know, UNC. We got to hit them. And
1: yeah, we we, we did get could, we did get 19 against UNC. So yeah, as you say we had a lot against Georgia Tech, really? Mm-hmm. Well, let me see oh. what we shot against.
0: I think that's where the I think that's where the uh um, We were
1: the visiting team at Georgia Tech, right? It's
0: gonna be the difference. Yes.
1: We shot two free throws against Georgia Tech.
0: Okay, then Georgia Tech. Game before that. Pitt.
1: Pitt, let's see. See I have a I have a bookmark to every one of the box scores right at my fingertips so I can I can go look and verify. Is Val talking out of his butt or does he know what he's talking about? And had fourteen free throws against Pitt. We were eleven for fourteen against Pitt, so that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's that's not bad. We have a, you know, if, if we especially do for our us, man. Fourteen free throws. Wow. Well, that's a lot for us. It is for us. And, yeah. You know, but that's a difference maker. Mm. And, and you know, and part of it is there's fewer possessions in a Virginia game, so we're going to shoot fewer free throws as are you know the teams that are going against us.
1: Well, rate takes that into account. You know, that's. Like our free throw rate is lowest in the in the ACC. Yeah. So you know, I mean, if you compare our free throw attempts to our field goal attempts, we don't get to the line. Yeah. And a lot of it's because you know we don't, you know, we're not attacking the rim. We're not attacking the defense. It's not. We're we're back to being a you know a Bennett ball jump shooting team and wants to come off screens and and. uh you know, drive for the pull-up jumper. So, but you know, it's it's our personnel. We don't this year. We don't. We just don't have it. I'm, I'm hoping right. next year will be different, but uh, it, it doesn't look like it. The the way the recruiting is going, the the personnel that are signing are are you know mostly jump shooters. The the one who'd be the monster getting in the rim is the one who's probably going to go waste his talents at Duke, like so many others.
0: So, speaking of um, of recruiting. Did you see um, Trout's? Um, Trout's? I think I you pronounce his name. His tweet:
1: Isaac Trout. No, no, I saw his 51 well, so point he, game. He he,
0: he, he he tweeted Isaac McNeely, Isaac squared.
1: I thought I thought McNeely tweeted that, and Trout kind of replied with the eyeballs thing.
0: The shoulders. Oh, ah, okay. Well see, I don't I don't follow social media much. So Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> maybe I had it wrong, but it seemed like everybody was like, Ooh, that's awesome, you know, and I so I thought it was I thought it was Trout who tweeted that.
1: I don't know. It could have been. It I didn't could I been, couldn't but... I couldn't really understand the tweet. It's too many Isaacs in there and quotes and <laughs> I, I really love how McNeely's whole team, whole family now, they're just like they're hundred percent who's that you see them in their tweets with their virginia gear on and you know go who's it's great to see i I love watching the the families of the recruits and the recruits you know buy in and become part of the family before they're even you know coming to school Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of fun and you know dicky v mentioned isaac neely in the telecast Mm -hmm. so that, that was kind of exciting for him and his family but we got a couple years all right to wait on that
0: well when you wrap them up early seemed like we were waiting forever for a Kyle guy to get on the ground. Yeah, you know, so. and tie
1: Jerome. Yeah. I was really excited about Jerome because I knew, you know, look, t- he committed so early. If Tony took his commitment then, same reason I have good high hopes for Carson McCorkle. If If Tony takes your commitment when he took those commitments, that means that he really likes you. Because that was early. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I knew there was something about Ty Jerome. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he was a New York kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's just, you know, there's stories of him out balling with everybody on, you know, really mean blacktop courts. And he's standing up to everybody, you know, there can't be a lot of white guys out on those courts. <laughs> and he's standing up to everybody, uh, not giving anything down, you know, not giving anything up. And you know that that shows that he was a fighter
1: <laughs> and, and he, he was skinny he was skinny yeah. in high school he really yeah. he really grew uva all right well so, big game hope it goes well and we'll talk again after that we will
0: so wahoo wah everybody and we'll catch you on the uh, we'll catch you on the flip side wahoo wah